0: Welcome to the Couch Nap Podcast Hi, welcome to Tim's Weekly Playlist, the podcast where I make a playlist. Got something a little bit different this week, where I sat down a few weeks ago with my friend Stu and we recorded two back-to-back podcast episodes about the music that we grew up listening to so that was pop punk so this is the first of those two episodes Uh, a little bit about Stu I went to high school with him he's a good guy Um, also Stu is designing a board game and you can find details about that on his website which is bearmousegames.com that's b-e-a-r mousegames.com so they're currently working on their first title, Plunder A Viking ship racing game full of conflict, treasure and legend. Very much in the prototype stage, keep an eye out for details. I actually can't wait for that, it's going to be so cool. So yeah, Stu chats about pop punk in this episode, and then in the next episode we chat about pop punk and drink beer, but the next episode you'll probably hear in a few weeks time, not quite yet. So, enjoy. Stu,
1: how are you? I'm alright, cheers for having me. Of course, yeah, so... Bit back, Me and Stu went to high school together. We listened A long time ago. Long, long time ago. And this is the music we listened to in high school. I might still listen to it, maybe. <laughs> I might not have grown up at all. I still go back to it often. Pro- yeah. Probably too often. Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, I should probably listen to some new stuff as well, but, you know, eh. they just release new music as well, and you kind of get back into the old stuff. Exactly, like Alkaline Trio, are going to be talked about at some point, probably. Very they, um, good new
0: album. Yeah, exactly. We've got a new album out. Um thing is like I, I do spend my time listening to loads and loads of new music, so I'm into a lot of like pop and stuff as well now. But every time I make a playlist for people being at my house, it's pop punk. It's like early two thousands,
1: maybe late nineties pop punk. I'm I'm always that person that when you're at a party and you're like, Oh, can I have can I have the oxcore please? And people <laughs> are just like, Oh, don't maybe maybe don't put on Let. <laughs> maybe don't put on blink 182 or something like that From you know just no early 2000s pop punk emo shit please but I'm, it's gonna happen yeah i like, <laughs> well, I'll just have your
0: Oxcord back then <laughs> i love that like so the dates that you've named there um the albums that come out listen for the release dates of these albums because it's all within like a two to three year window <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> when we were at high
1: school which is great um, I don't think I owned any of these albums. I owned a few of no. I, I think I owned a few of them, but I basically just borrowed them off of you and all our friends for a yeah, little bit. But, and but, then this was back way
0: before like music was online.
1: Like yeah. I bought these albums before your iPods. Before iPods, like I bought these albums in
0: like what would it have been? Coda.
1: There oh was a, yeah,
0: we had like one of the lo- there was HMV and there was Coda as were like the local CD shops. And yeah. I think
1: I bought most of these in Coda. Yeah. The, when HMV came around, everyone lost their absolute shit. Absolutely. Yeah. But I think that was, yeah, I bought every Alkaline Trio album from that HMV
0: in <laughs> Livingston. Remember the day that I bought the, the Alkaline Trio album. Oh, we're not going to talk about it on this one. We're going to talk about it on another episode, but uh, from Here to Infirmary. Oh yeah. Like defining album. Yeah. Uh, I bought that on the same day as the Jimmy Eat World album, Bleed American. Oh, Bleed American. And I remember like walking out with these two albums in my hand, just like, yeah, so happy. And like, I ran into one of my friends on the way out, he's like, oh, what'd you get? And I showed him, he was like, oh, this is good, this is good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and still, like, they're two kind of, if I think back to that time, they're two big albums, and I bought them on yeah. the same day from that
1: HMV that we... Spent so much time in. Yeah, that was that was every Friday and most lunch times in that H M V. Yeah. And just everybody wanted to work there as well. You were the coolest kid in the world if you worked yeah, there. Yeah,
0: yeah. Did you work there for a bit? No, I did You didn't. worked at the shop just across from it for I, a bit, didn't you? I
1: worked at Jessup's. I worked at the camera shop yeah. where you had to wear that lovely blue cotton shirt and that checked grey and black tie. Yep. And I had my long floppy hair, which I'm starting that. to grow back out at the moment. Skills. Yeah, it's skills. It's <laughs> believe me, it's not as thick as it used to be, and I'm regretting the choice. But I've, I've started, <laughs> so I'm going to keep going. Uh, but yeah, that was yeah. I worked just down the road, well, just in the same shopping center. I remember you handing your CV in to the shop directly opposite here. H&M. Oh, the gadget yeah. shop. The gadget shop. I don't think I don't think I ever handed in a CV. Oh, well, I think you right. did but I think we all kind of pranked you as you were doing it and they were like yeah we're not hiring this guy and his oh, idiot friends. <laughs> so so Tim and our friend Andy if Andy ever listens hi uh, everyone wanted either work in HMB or the gadget shop and at mm. the time the gadget shop was a big thing because they had that Robo Sapien thing oh. at the time like this was this really calls back to like the sort of music we listened to at that point in mm-hmm. time. We're really painting a picture here. Mm. And yeah uh, there was a rumor about the gadget shop where you had to sing to be able to hand in an application. Um, <laughs> and uh, this was all going around our high school. And I was like, I'm going to I'm gonna apply for a job there. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And we all walked down as a group. There was about six or seven of us. And uh-huh. Tim and Andy were in that group. And uh, I'm like, oh, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. And Tim's like, oh, don't worry, mate. I'll... Uh, is my impression of you. Oh, don't worry, mate. I'll uh, I'll go in and see <laughs> if they're still hiring so you don't have to sing for nothing. Don't worry about it. And I was like, yeah, okay. Thanks, Tim. Yeah, good, mate. Got your back. <laughs> Give, mate. So Tim comes out. I'm standing there like little little 16-year-old stew, total shit in it. Yeah. Like with my with my application form, Tim's like, yeah, yeah, you just have to go in and sing. And they'll do it. Like, Fine, yeah, great. So I go into the gadget shop, stand in the middle of the gadget shop and sing Frank Sinatra, Fly mm. Me to the Moon. Yep. And I don't Which know. I believe we had practiced in physics class during the week. We had practiced in physics <laughs> class. Because I didn't know any other words. Yeah. And I didn't feel like singing less than Jake at the top of my lungs was the right thing to do in the okay. show. Yeah. And uh, so I did it. Like did the first first two chorus. Yep. Yeah. And then the guy goes. That was really nice. Um We're not actually hiring, mate. Like uh <laughs> like your mate just said that you really wanted to sing so uh, and you also didn't have to do that so uh, <laughs> yep. yeah so uh, my memory of that day very very similar you, you've you actually got it quite truthfully uh, when I was, oh, it, it sticks in my memory Tim yep when I went into the shop I was just
0: like my mate wants to apply are you hiring no we're not just now cool are you okay to let him sing anyway because that'd be really funny yeah man that sounds great <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: that was it <laughs> Uh, so that's the reason I never worked in the gadget shop And probably the reason I never worked in HMV as well Because you could probably hear it They probably could, yeah Because yeah. it was directly opposite Good yeah. stuff Good stuff <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's get going with our first track Which totally hits the kind of high school feel that we're talking about
1: And it's the Ataris San Dimas High School Football Reels Even as high school in it Exactly It came out The album it was on was Blue Skies Broken Hearts Next 12 Exits Which came out on the 13th of April 1999 we started high school... In 1999. In the August of ninety nine, And this came out... Oh my word. Yeah, this came out the April before we started. Right, so the, the cool wee fact to found out about this song. No, go for it. So, the name of the song comes from the film Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. They go to... Um, so
0: they go to San Dimas High School. And they're presenting some sort of history project to the school. And somebody stands up and shouts San Dimas High School Football Rules. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And then they named this song after that. Which I thought was was great. It's very cool. Yeah. So that's this I think this is my favourite of all the songs we do, this is my favourite band. Yeah. This is my favorite album. But this song. This song just encapsulates That time, really? Yeah. So much. I saw them live. um, Yeah. we were maybe second year, third year I saw them live. Oh yeah. Third year I think. Uh, at high school, and which is around about 14, yeah, yeah,
0: 14, 15. Yeah. Um, I remember going to that with uh, so a couple of people, like maybe Rich from the year below us. Yeah, uh, I went with Robin, who was the year ahead of us.
1: This is all really interesting to people who don't know Rich uh, so and Robin. I'm coming yeah. back to, to why <laughs> it was interesting that Robin from the year ahead of us was there. Um, so my dad gave us a lift through, um, as you do back then, because your your dad gives you a lift to gigs, when yeah, you're that age. Um, we go in,
0: brilliant gig, uh, I remember them playing this song, and they got like a guy from the, the audience to come up and play the guitar for the song, because obviously this is their big song at the time, everyone knows the guitar to this, Yeah. so a guy goes up, plays guitar to it, it's super cool, um, crowd's going
1: wild. Next, so we go back home, no big deal, next day I'm standing chatting
0: to I think you and a couple of the guys possibly, you might not have been there because I think you would remember this, because it's like one of my crowning achievements of high school. Uh, Robin comes up to me. So, a girl from the year ahead of us comes up to me.
1: Oh, Rob, right, gotcha.
0: And uh, she was like, Did you get I was like, Oh, yeah, yeah. And I go into my bag and I take out like a t shirt. Yeah. I'm like, Yeah, you left this in my car last night. And she's like, Oh, thanks, man. Takes it, puts it in her bag, goes away. Now, I'm thinking nothing of this because I know what actually happened. And everyone standing there is just like, yeah, 14, 15-year-old teenage boys <laughs> yeah. not really
1: knowing how to deal with actually talking to anyone who is of either the opposite sex or someone that you might find attractive. Yeah, and there's yeah. the possibility that a girl from the year ahead had her top off in my car. Yeah. Obviously my dad's car, which... Doesn't need to be said. Doesn't need to be said. Yeah. Um. So what had actually happened was that she wore like two or three t-shirts because it's Scotland and it's cold. Yeah. And she took one off before she went into the gig and yeah. she left it in the car. There was absolutely nothing... Untoward about it, but yeah. yeah, that made you feel a little bit of a legend, didn't it? A little bit, I think it lasted for a couple of seconds before something probably like hit me in the balls and wandered off. But... Oh, it's happened far too often. Yeah. Like, what? what is it about teenage boys and us hitting each other in the yeah. in the downstairs? Yeah, speak downs mm. never called it that before. I tried it, mm. get hitting them a lot, though. God, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> it still happens only when I'm hanging out with you a lot, though. Yes, yeah. so yeah, so this this wraps up that whole getting hit in the balls feeling is what yeah, you're saying yeah it actually does <laughs> like that feeling of going from I just talked to a girl and I'm like 15 years old how yeah. great is that to my friend just hit me in the balls this is high school that makes sense yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what this
0: song does for me brilliant
1: yeah what are your thoughts on this one do you have uh, Like the Ataris were like they were around about that time they felt Although they were around before the likes of Sum Forty Ones and people like that. Mm. Um they always felt like the per- the people that I found out after I found out about like Sum Forty One. Um so yeah. like I only knew yeah, about the that. Ataris through do you remember Kerrang? Yeah. Yeah. So the Ataris kept would play on Kerrang and I think like It still goes. Yeah right and it was the album before the one the boys of summer was out when they did the yeah, cover yeah and, and that's the one that I think a lot of people who are not into this genre know them for yeah the cover of boys of summer yeah but it was just before that when they were doing their really kind of like early pop punk stuff mm-hmm. before that it was a little bit more mainstream pop punk mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah. Um and I just remember there was a video where they're playing in like a guitar shop or something like that. Yes. And it's just yes. and like they have the whole old school like the cameras on the end of their their guitars. Do they have that or am I just thinking of a different band? But anyway, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, I, I remember seeing that in a lot of those yeah. kind of punk videos from but, the thing. Like he had the guitar, and he didn't yeah. he, also didn't have his strings cut on the end of his. No, obviously, yeah. And I was just sh- like, they, these guys are like the coolest that I've ever seen. Like yeah. And they were new to me, and I was just yeah. like, oh, these these guys must have come out after. But like, yeah, it's, other than that, I didn't really listen to the guitars. It's, it's, it's funny, it but, wasn't my thing. Yeah, I totally get what you mean because I, although this is like the song that gets it, I don't know much of this band. Yeah, and I'd, I saw that they played Edinburgh recently and they played Sneaky Peas. Oh, a tiny, tiny venue. It's so small. Like, yeah. the kitchen that we're sitting in to record this is considerably bigger than the standing area at Sneaky Peas. Yeah. Yeah, I just had a look around, he's right. Absolutely. I've played Sneaky Peas, like, so many times and I hate it.
0: Yeah. It's horrible
1: to play. Yeah. Why would you tour from the States and play Sneaky Peas? Well, I suppose because it's no longer the early 2000s and people don't listen to the Atari's anymore. Still, it, Edinburgh can be better than that. no offence to the Ataris it's not not you lot it's the time that we live in yeah exactly Um, cool good to move on yeah track two American Hi-Fi the track I've chosen is I'm a Fool which is interesting I would have thought you would have gone for flavour of the week so I didn't go for the like the single from the album that was the big one
0: Um, this was the track I love this track because it's just it's so happy it's so bouncy Um, it's got the bit where it stops and you've got the like
1: and everyone does that. Bit. Oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's always like when pop punk bands from that time kind of got smart to that. Yeah. Like there's always kind yeah. of like a stop clap or a stop, and then a woo, or like yeah. a, a funny harmony yeah. that's easy to do with the crowd and the, something you, like that. Just something yeah. to get the crowd in. Yeah. Yeah. And this was the song that had that, and I loved that. Uh, Did cause... you do it in your bedroom when you were listening to it? On a oh, CD absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'd like put my like my, my PlayStation controller down and do it. Like, yeah. yeah. Lose at FIFA for it. Uh, that would be anyway um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> this was on the American Hi-Fi self-titled album so it's their debut album that came out on the 21st of February 2001 so this is right in the middle of when
1: we were listening to this stuff this is pr- yeah this is probably around about the time that I had really just started into it yeah, yeah. Uh, This. so the people that introduced me to this were the people who were like the kind of in, in our school were like the ones that really listened to music and if, if they were listening to it you should probably listen to it and they were usually older than us as well which made us feel
0: cooler yeah yeah so like there was a guy two years ahead of us danny who would give me music recommendations all the time and if he gave me a music recommendation i was all over it yeah um, and he he loved this i think i borrowed this album off him possibly made a copy but then liked it so much i
1: went out and bought it because it was that kind of guy um just a truly brilliant album uh and the person in our year that I remember who was like a big fan of this, uh, which only really makes sense to you, none of our listeners. But i uh, i really enjoy it, Tim. Yeah. So you tell me. Was was Mary Campbell? Mary Campbell. That just whilst we're on this, do you yeah. notice that any you talk about anybody from high school, mm-hmm. you always have to first name last name them? Oh, you have to. You can't. It can't just be like, oh, it's Bob. Yeah. Gotta be like, that's Bob Sterbokolus. Yeah. We don't know <laughs> a Bob Sterbokolus. I've tried to go for a name that wouldn't. Yeah. But An- it doesn't unless make it was Bob. Bob, Bob, yeah. For anyone who's uh, not Scottish who doesn't understand Bob, uh, Urban Dictionary, B O A B or B O A B Y, uh, Bobby, and have yourselves a nice little chuckle. And strangely enough, we use it as a nickname for people called Robert. Yeah, of course you do. Bob, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, There are so many cool things about this band
0: and the lead guy of this band. So. The lead guy is Stacy Jones, Stacy boy's name. Mm-hmm. Thanks, America. Um, he was the drummer in Letters to Cleo. He is the drummer and musical director for Miley Cyrus. He is. The musical director for musical Miley Cyrus. For Miley Cyrus.
1: He has been, or is, the musical director for Five Seconds of Summer. Troy Savan, who was featured a few weeks ago when I'm we... recording this on the playlist. The Chainsmokers. Five Seconds of Summer are very good. Yeah, he's involved in it. He was the drummer for, has drummed for,
0: Madonna, Everclear, Avril Lavigne, Ariana Grande, Jonas Brothers, Flaming Lips, Lily Allen, and loads more. And he's the lead guy in American Hi-Fi. He...
1: It just is involved in everything. He's That's the kind incredible. of like the kind of uh, the person who'll drum for everyone in the way that I wished I was, but I drummed for everyone who didn't become incredibly famous like he did. Yeah. Yeah. He, 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 Tim drummed in I would say it wasn't your first band. It was definitely know, my it, first it, band. It wasn't my first band. it was my first band. Tim drummed in my first band, but Basically, ended up a little bit too cool for me and Andy, so we had to replace them eventually. I wasn't too cool. <laughs> I didn't have time, that, which that, which translated to I'm drumming in three other bands. <laughs> three <laughs> other bands. <laughs> yeah, but Tim was the first was the first drummer that I ever drum with, drummed with played with. Yeah, and we played a lot of. There's a couple of songs on here that we well, yeah. actually not on this one. On um, yeah, we'll talk about next the, episode. On yeah. Another one, yeah. yeah. I remember practicing in your parents' garage. Yep, we were uh, a typical garage band. Yep, playing in playing your brother's drum kit, which
0: he That's was right. Which he was like, "That's cool, you can play my drum kit, but can you make sure that you put all the silencers on because I don't want you to damage the heads." Which, to be honest, is fair because he didn't know me that well. Mm. But at the time, I was like, "No,"
1: <laughs> and at the time, Dave was known as Big Dave in yes. in the high school because uh, he was large and yeah, kind of in charge. I wasn't going to argue with it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I did exactly what he said, and it was a really yeah, yeah, nice yeah. drum kit as well. So. And I think I think my neighbour came across and kind of said, "Can you play quieter?" And we were like, "Well, I, I don't think we can." Like physically, I think I possible. think we have gone as quiet as we can go. Yeah. I think the only th- only thing to do now is not play. Yeah. <laughs> which kind of happened for a while. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you took that band like when you were like Tim, you're too cool for this, which wasn't the case, but you thought it was the case, and then. <laughs> So
0: you, you and Andy went on and found other people
1: Yeah we uh, You we, made that work Yeah it went alright we, we went through a lot of names though Yeah the one I remember What was the one you remember? Was at the sword fight Oh no that was my last band So that wasn't That, that wasn't was, with Andy no
0: So what was the one that I saw your I think it was your farewell gig with the band With Andy and a different drummer
1: Was his name Callum? Colin bands? you're Colin, Colin Yeah I and that think. was at high school uh, you played the farewell gig at Deer Park
0: Centre.
1: Oh, Deer Park. So, I used, so Deer Park was a bowling centre. It was a bowling centre. And there was a room in the back that you could hire for not a lot of money. Yeah. And the only way that I could really get gigs was by putting on gigs. Yeah. Um, but I remember a lot of people being there. Yeah, look, we got some pretty decent living some local bands along and we called it Rock and Bowl. Yeah. each time yes. and I made the flyers myself and printed them at Jessup's off the photo printing oh, paper nice, oh. nice. <laughs> and uh, your flyer game was strong <laughs> the flyer game was strong <laughs> I remember somebody that I then worked with later on in Jessup said uh, do you remember those gigs up at Deer Park and I was like yeah thinking it was going to be something good Yeah, and they said uh, do you remember those flyers and I was like yeah, yeah. and they were like do you remember them being total bollocks? <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, I was like, oh god, just like, yeah, that, 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 had the bowling ball in the middle and the pins would split out and all the names were on the pins and I thought this was the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. And um, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we talked about this for about 10 minutes. I was like, yeah, I made those and also put on the gigs. <laughs> and they didn't it's backtrack. Nice. They were just like, yeah, those were shit, mate. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, thanks. Cheers. cheers. Thanks. 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 Appreciate what? it. <laughs> I remember enjoying it, uh, because it was the, I think it was the farewell gig that you played yeah. with them at that, I was at that one, and that was after high school, but not, not long after high school, because I had to get the bus to it, yeah. I wasn't driving, none of our friends were driving, none of our friends had gone to uni yet, so I think it was the summer after high school. Yeah, it's funny, because like, all this music as well was written by people who were just kind of out of that state, like they could drive, and like they were starting to be old enough to really drink legally and things yeah. like that and we were sending these 13, 14 year olds being like yeah totally totally I totally know what they're talking about yeah I really get this it really speaks to me and Weird. just like and I'm getting my dad to drive me up to Deer Park with my own rubbish amp yeah <laughs> like, I mean these songs are singing about girls we were not getting girls no let's, I let's mean be I'd be clear no we weren't we weren't getting anything there was there was barely any uh, I would have said that we were getting more friends out of it but eh, eh. we weren't really good enough to make friends from right? <laughs> <No. laughs> No. If anything, you were just annoyed at me that I wasn't your drummer for a while. I yeah, was well, a little bit. No. Yeah. A little bit. No. I it got over it. Fair enough. Yeah. Still a little bit sore.
0: <laughs> I've not actually played drums for you since. We have been in bands since, but I've played synth.
1: That's true. You did play synth. So we've not played... I've not played drums for you since. And since... since not played since. drums for me synth. Yeah. <laughs> but it... Yeah. It, it doesn't really help that your brother's a really good drummer. So like, the, by far the best drummer in the world. He, he is. I, I remember... So he... The band that I played synth in with you. Yeah. And he was playing drums. Because I think he started drums a touch after me and I'd been playing That's in right. a lot of bands. So I was like, nah, it's cool, I'm awesome, I'm fine. And then playing in that band with him, I was like,
0: holy shit, this guy can drum.
1: Yeah. Like, playing stuff that was totally blowing me out of the water. Like, I could not get close to how good he was playing in that band. Yeah, it's um, incredible. He's a, he's a proper good drummer. So that kind of makes sense that I've not drummed for reasons. since. Cause, yeah. yeah. But it's like, he's, he's a type of... Um, if anyone's ever listening and looking for a drummer Mm. um, get in touch with Tim and he'll put you in touch with Dave (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, but Dave Dave's the type of drummer that you can write something that's kind of okay and a little bit catchy Mm -hmm. and Dave takes it to the next level just by being a good understanding what it needs and what it doesn't need like a good drummer understands what what not to play as well as what Mm -hmm. to play and Dave can play everything and he's been i remember we went from that band with andy Mm -hmm. which was generic we were Mm -hmm. called yes we were actually called generic generic. it wasn't that we just were no we were actually called generic Generic. and then we we were for a little bit we were called the steve yes i remember you being called the steve the steve then we went back to generic and i think for a weekend we were called the tax men because i think we were really into the beatles at the time
0: was that part of it at that
1: point i'm not sure i was because i wouldn't have signed off and been enjoying the Beatles in high school yeah yeah that's true yeah um yeah. I'm sure for a while we weren't sure that Andy was going to be part of it and you told me to play bass because I could hold a bass oh yeah and you brought Jessica to drum that's right but Jessica was like yeah I'm totally up for it because I like this music but I'm not sure I can drum to this yeah and she was right and then within like a weekend you had put me back on drums, yeah. and brought Andy back in. I'm such a front person, aren't I? Yeah, I'm just such a diva. I think you brought Jessica in because she looked nicer than any of the rest of us. She was also cooler than the rest of us. She as was. Well. <laughs>
0: That's yes, she was. Much like, I, than I thought things.
1: maybe if we had someone who had a little bit of popularity, people might come and see us. Yeah,
0: because like, who would come and see like me, you, and Andy? But <laughs> Nobody. People, people would come and see something that Jessica did. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that didn't last long. That was yeah. funny.
1: Yeah, it was good though. Yeah, it was good, and that. I, I totally can't picture how we got from American Hi-Fi I'm a Fool to this oh it's yeah. because we were, uh, we were talking about impressing older people and, yeah. yeah but yeah but he's in everything he's in everything this album so a couple of last points on this this album's brilliant the self-titled American Hi-Fi album mm-hmm. anyone that I've introduced to this loves it mm-hmm. anything that they released after this I was just not a fan of it didn't cut it at all interesting Um, but they released, in 2016, they released a fully acoustic version of this album. And it's tremendous. If you like this album, it's just like, ah, perfect. What album's The Art of Losing on? I think it's called The Art of Losing. I think the album's called The Art of Losing. Because that's the song I know them for. That and Flavor of the Week, really. So The Art of Losing was like the single of the second album. And it was like, oh yeah, that was okay. And then I listened to the whole second album and I was like, ah, oh, that was the best track on it. No, oh, okay. But the first album, every single track, I was like, perfect. just... Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, going to go to track three, because I know that this is more... Oh, yes. This is Lit, my own worst enemy. I have chosen the single for this one. Uh, this came off Lit's album, A Place in the Sun, which was released in February... So it was February 23rd, 1999. Mm-hmm. So again, the year we started high school. But Lit were one of those bands that were... Like, they were a little bit ahead of everybody else, right? Mm-hmm. They just... Their sound... It's not that they came around during the pop-punk revolution. It's mm-hmm. almost like, they were playing this sort of music and the pop-punk revolution kind of came through them. Yeah, and they were like, oh, yeah, we're already here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I know you were a big fan of this stuff. Oh, so big. This album. This album was tremendous. Amazing. But I came to them, again, I came to them through... um, Over My Head? Yes, that was in a film or something. Yeah, so that was in Titan A.E. Oh, yeah. Which I also incredibly love. I still love it. I still go and watch it. Yep, And the it plays in like the uh, like the the height of the movie yeah and it's I'm in mean, over my head and it has that incredible guitar riff oh,
0: cause... god, that was them yeah, yeah that's why everyone like went wild about them and then I bought this album and yeah. I was like wow they are totally worth it
1: and I think like uh, so Place in the Sun was way mm-hmm. before Atomic right yeah so three yeah. years before Atomic so Atomic came out in 2002 which I had over my head on it mm-hmm. and I got Atomic first and then I eventually got Place in the Sun and I like i like atomic but a place in the sun is just like the yeah the album definitely like everything on it is just like hit after hit after hit for me it's and it's really... funny like nowadays because of the way that i listen to
0: music and be- especially because i do this podcast i listen to albums three four five times in sure. the space of two weeks and then kind of by necessity i have to move on because i'm listening to as many new releases every single week as i possibly can yeah so I you just live on content. Yeah, I have to yeah. constantly be getting through music
1: so that I can find stuff that I think is good enough to make the podcast. Mm-hmm. You're welcome, Lit.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but with this, like back in high school days, I could only afford to buy an album every five, six weeks. It was
1: expensive for us. They were about, what, £15 an album? 10 to £15 pounds an album. Back in high school, I got a fiver a week, I think. So, yeah, I could... If I spent every penny I had on albums, I could buy an album every two to three weeks. But that meant that I couldn't go to the cinema. Yeah. So I'd buy an album maybe every six weeks. Yeah. And then that means I would listen to that album solid for six weeks. Like nothing else but that. And so it would sit in your Walkman as well, right? Oh, yeah. Before I So, I, for anybody that is much, much younger than Tim and I, mm. um, I don't even like saying how old I am anymore. Yeah. But, like, yeah, it's, like, yeah. Not, not that old. But, you know, we, we might have turned the big three zero this year. I did a while ago. Yeah. You, you, you're I'm the young one. I was yeah, the, you young, the one, young one. one. Yeah. It's funny, yeah. It was funny. And, uh, but, you like, you, you wouldn't have an iPod. We, mm-hmm. MP3 players were just starting to come... No, it was mini-disc players. Mini-disc players were, that just were just starting, starting to come out. So you would have this massive, like the size
0: of a CD, but <laughs> as thick as a bit of wood. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, it
1: wouldn't even sit in your hands. So no, you had no. To, of and you not. would have to, you couldn't cram it in a pocket or anything like that. So you'd have to hold it whilst walking it or put it in your backpack or something. Yeah. And then it would skip and it would um, jump as well. It would skip constantly. Yeah. It was horrendous. Because I would always listen to it when I was sitting in the back of the car being driven somewhere by my parents. Sure. And I would do everything I could to make it not skip. So I tried, like,
0: holding it really lightly so that it, I would, like... I would take the the bumps of the road and it wouldn't skip, yeah. but it would still skip. So Both tried... Tim and
1: I raised our hands to our chests yeah. as if we were miming, <laughs> holding... As soon as he said it, I knew exactly what he was doing, yeah. I also tried the technique of, because it's, like, a soft, like, soft car seat, I would, like, tuck it just under my leg to try and stop it moving. That didn't work at all. Um, I ruined Linkin Park's hybrid theory doing that. Um, oh, Linkin Park. Yeah, so... Ah, rest in peace. Hybrid Theory was amazing. What, an well album. done, Chester. That was yeah, fantastic. It was. Uh, yeah, I, I remember listening to Hybrid Theory all the way up north and back. So yeah. I'd listen to that a lot. But yeah, like you would get an album and listen to it for six weeks straight. Yeah. So for this album, every single track that comes on, I'm like, yeah, I know this track. Yeah, I, I know every word to this track. I know every drum fill to this track. Yeah. Like, because it's yeah, that is how you had to consume music back then. Like yeah. this generation have it good with streaming yeah absolutely i mean like lit have brought out a new album these are the days um which just came out this year i've not listened to that no it's like it's very different like a lot of the same kind of like ger- typical jeremy pop-off uh, guitar riffs uh, what's it, what's so there's the brothers there jeremy plays the guitar and the other one sings and is a mm-hmm. really good looking one not that jeremy isn't good looking he's got a fantastic beard but uh, the lead, the front man in is... It's added straight away. Gorgeous. Um, it's telling me that it's country. It is country. That's why it's different. It's added, but I'm now suspicious. <laughs> Your face so dropped. I'm so. suspicious because it's country, and you're now just talking about how good looking they are. Yeah, well, I have to admit, it's definitely different. Like, you have to go into it, and... I'm not sure I like it just yet, is what I'm going to say. Well, I'm going to listen to it, because yeah. that's important. But... but, like, it was very... Okay. It is very good, but I saw them... Oh god. Two years ago now and I saw them really? yeah, they were playing in it wasn't the garage, it was it the cat house? Um they were playing in Glasgow. I'll say Glasgow. And they were playing Atomic and Place in the Sun back to back. They were, <laughs> it, it was is. like it was something like the, Oh I love that bands are doing this now. They're playing Yeah. It was like, something like the ten year anniversary or like fifteen year anniversary yeah, of yeah. a Place in the Sun or something like that. And we went to see them and we were stoked. We were like, this is going to be that's the best thing in the world. Now, the music, spot on. Mm-hmm. Now, I wish I could remember the, the actual venue because I'm about to absolutely slate them here. They ruined his vocals throughout the entire gig. You couldn't hear a single word he was singing. Was there a pillar kind of almost centre stage or slightly to the right of centre stage? Because that's the cat house. It's not the
0: cat house then. Okay, C- could have been the garage. The garage is very much that kind of venue. Might I saw like Bowling for Soup and everything at the garage.
1: Might have been the garage. I don't feel it was the garage. The garage you go up. Yeah, I can see the garage in my head, and it's got the balcony. And yeah, and it's, it's along not that the garage. One. No, it's not the garage. Okay. I wish I, I look it up. It was around about. It was around about 2016, I think they played. Um, but they ruined his vocals, and he he performed all the way through and everyone like the crowd sang it back to him everyone knew the words but it was the worst thing in the world people were shouting at the, at the sound tech telling him to get it sorted out <laughs> he basically just didn't care because he didn't know who the lit were uh, but it was still it was, that sucks I know it was a great it was a great gig anyway it just wasn't quite what I was hoping for yeah but I'm, I'm not immediately seeing where it was but they were um they they played incredibly live they were still great yeah Ah, oh, that's, cool. that's a shame they got a bad sound guy that night. Yeah. Can't do much about a bad sound guy. But there's there's so many great tracks on A Place in the Sun. Like I'm just like actually A Place in the Sun's a great a great track itself. Just song for song. This that album's brilliant. No big thing, Ziploc, Lovely Day, Perfect One. Perfect One. Perfect. That was a yeah. good track. So I heard not long ago,
0: um I heard a kid I say a kid, he was fifteen. At the time, mm. uh, and this was
1: maybe two, three years ago. Uh, sitting at his house, like I was, I've shown how old I am. I was friends with his parents,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they had invited me, uh, me and my wife over for dinner. We we're sitting. I see my wife Amy's on the podcast every week, so uh, Amy and I were over there for dinner. Um, And they were like, ah, bring your acoustic guitar down, son. Tim plays some music. You can both play a song. I
1: was like... Tim plays the musics. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Tim (laughs) plays the musics was what was said. I was like, me playing the acoustic
0: guitar isn't a great idea. (laughs) Uh, So
1: this this guy, talented 15-year-old, plays a really, really good cover of this song, My Own Worst Enemy. Wow. Um, And I was like... 15 years old. 15 years old, maybe a year or two ago. And I was like... What are you, why do you listen to bands like Lit? And he was like, oh man, it's like that kind of old school... And I was like, stop. Did he say it? He was just like, it's kind of old
0: school, retro, oh, punky stuff.
1: Oh my goodness. And I was like, no, this is what I listened to in
0: high school. He was like, oh, that's, that's the coolest thing ever. I can't believe you got to listen to that kind of stuff in high school. Man, I wish, I, I wish that stuff was coming out nowadays. And it's like, is yeah, it's is just not as look, popular anymore, mate. Yeah, just like, and believe
1: it. me, then it wasn't that popular anymore. Yeah, I was like, it
0: wasn't popular then, we were not <laughs> cool for listening to it, but yeah. And I've met quite a few actually of that kind of generation who are now maybe late teens, maybe touching early 20s, who just they listen to that genre thinking yeah. it's like, oh, it's this cool old school
1: thing that happened like 15 20 years ago, and I I'm know. like, oh, guys, no, you're starting to see the things that we did when we were kids, which was like wearing our. Wearing Nirvana t-shirts and like bands that we've never seen that aren't even around anymore. Yeah, so like, it's the same as us listening to Nirvana. That's actually yeah. a bang on uh, comparison. Like we listened Maybe not like Lit and Nirvana. Nirvana went on and inspired a whole entire generation. But, <laughs> yeah, but like time wise. Lit is still a fantastic band. Yeah. Time wise Nirvana stuff was being released early nineties, we were listening to it early two thousands. And then this stuff's been released early 2000s and you've
0: got people listening to it 10, 15 years there. I know. And, and their kids in high school listening to it. So well done to them for listening to it. Well done to them for playing genuinely good acoustic covers yeah. off it when I show up at their parents' house.
1: <laughs> but, uh, and like, and they were in every teenage movie as well. They were always the band on the stage at the big party that nobody ever had in real yeah, life. Yeah, them. And, yeah, there there's a few others that were just like that band. Like, no effects were always that band. No effects. Which almost made these lists. But mm. they're a lot more kind of hardcore punk. They were slightly... They were just before us. They were earlier. Yeah. Like, no effects. And um, the other band... That I can't remember off the top of my head because I really just didn't listen to them. <laughs> uh Fair. But they were they were also kind of like hardcore punk at that point. In talking about like Bad Religion stuff? Or? No, not Bad Religion. It was... Um, Oh, I'm gonna to have to look them up to annoy me. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Travis played. Travis Barker played in a band with the fronts of the, the, the front. Distillers, man. not the Distillers. Travis Barker. It was uh, played in a band. uh oh, he look! Play, up, he played with everyone. Travis played that, but that was kind of like because he was the best. So I have look. Yeah. Up Travis oh, this Barker. is this is podcast gold here. Two men look things up. Two men look things up. <laughs> on, I'm on a phone. Tim's on a Tim's on a laptop. Yeah,
0: there was a lot of that kind of genre. No Effects were a a big influence on all of this stuff, and Bad Religion started the record label that bands like Alkali and Trio were on. So, yeah. The Transplants, Transplants. and who was the
1: lead singer in the Transplants? That. Rancid. That was the band that I was trying to think of. Uh, Rancid, No Effects. They were the the people that were just out a little bit before. I was never into Rancid either And it's that kind of It's very Kind of hard Rough punk Yeah I didn't really that, know What they were shouting about You yeah, didn't really get it Yeah But then when we were Listening to punk It was like shiny happy punk Yeah That's it it was probably because We were privileged Shiny happy people Yes And like we didn't really Kind of grow up with Problems Yeah Yeah Which allows us to <laughs> Now sit and have a podcast About the stuff That we listened to When we were 15 exactly yeah yeah you're welcome world <laughs> no i think thank you world <laughs> thank you <yeah. laughs> thank you world is definitely what i mean yeah to say. it's yeah. i understand that socially it's not fair but we listen to happy music because yeah yeah because we, we can pretty middle class like. yeah we're we're not pretty middle class we are middle class yeah you're middle class <laughs> <laughs> It's weird when you Your live in parents a... parents had a garage to play music in? That's true, my parents didn't have a garage to play We only, music. only had a driveway. <laughs> the, the garage that my parents, I would make my parents back their cars out of. Yes. So Why that I, I could play music in it. Oh, um, good times. Goodness me. Okay, uh, next track on the playlist. Everybody knows who this band is, Blink-182. And the track is Wasting Time. So this is one off Cheshire Cat, um, which was released... February 17th, 1995. Ninth, uh, no way. Cheshire Cat was 95. Amazingly, eh? I, Wow. I like, Yeah, I couldn't believe it was that long ago. Because I always knew, like, oh, yeah, that's the early album. I got into them when... Enema uh, well, of the State came out. Yeah, Enema of the State. Because all the small things was, like, the big track. And you're like, oh, oh, what a
0: great band. Is That's the genre we listen to.
1: And then we went back and listened to their early stuff. Which was much more fitting with what we were actually listening to. Oh, Cheshire Cheshire Cat was bang on what we were listening to at the time. And this song, um, so wasting time, was this song
0: on the album of like my second year at high school. Oh, really? Um, It relates very specifically to certain people. Um, It's just that it's exactly the kind of stuff that you think when you're in high school. Um, The kind of Childish approach to relationships is written into a song, and I was
1: like, "Yeah, that's how I feel." (laughs) Yeah, that is. Yeah, because because I'm 13 years old. I think there's a line in "Wasting Time" when when they say. She 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 taught me about modern art. I taught her it was okay to fart. Yes, and it was that sort of thing at that time. I have to admit, I was listening to this the other day because I was listening <laughs> to the tracks to remind myself of it, and I still I still giggled on the bus oh, yeah. on the way to work. Absolutely, onto my onto my professional job, yeah. working for a professional company, doing yep. my professional daytime, job. Mm-hmm. and I listened to a man say fart on a track and a song and giggled. I, I giggled. not just laughed, giggled. Yeah. I get I relate to that because I giggled when I listened to it quite recently at work, <laughs> sitting at my desk whilst dealing with things for an investment bank, <laughs> and I'm like, "What? Oh, <laughs> well, sorry, investments." Um, yeah. But yeah, Cheshire. Like, I think like so. Emma of the State was the big one. It was right? the breaking album for them in this country. Yeah, um, but they were still fairly big with Cheshire. And then yeah. there was Dude Ranch. Dude Ranch was like you had to really be into your punk in this country to have listened to it when it came out before Enema of the State yeah, yeah, yeah. but Enema of the State came out like everybody listened to Enema of the State and then went back and listened to other stuff and Dude Ranch came out in 97 yeah so still it's still an early one but Enema of the State I think came out when we were already in high school Yeah, I don't know these things by the way I'm just looking up Spotify whilst we're uh, whilst we're looking things out I don't remember 97 that, that's how podcast I would have been works. 9 like, I'm constantly looking things up <laughs> as I talk I know nothing yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I should if I hadn't said that, do you think people would have believed that I knew all these things? Maybe I hope people don't believe that I know all these things because in case they meet you in the street, in case they meet me in and like, recognize your voice because yeah. they don't know what you look like. I, I, what did what was this album? And I'm like, I have no idea. I don't the music. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, like, yeah. So no, new my animal state when no, all the tracks mm-hmm. came out again. Thank you, Kerrang. Yep. Is Karang. Is Kerrang! still about? People yeah. still watch Kerrang! Yeah. the kids still watch Kerrang?
0: I hope so. Uh, so a band that I featured on episode one of the podcast was Nishima uh, they're like a Glasgow
1: based they, they kind of play new metal stuff right uh, they had a video on Kerrang recently oh fantastic like well done to them they're doing pretty well uh, so they got a video on Kerrang and Scuzz Skuzz came about a little bit later Scuzz in high school but Kerrang was the one we were listening to at that point so yeah Kerrang's still a thing because that was it was roundabout. about this time when Kerrang got a TV channel, mm-hmm. then SCUS came about a few few years later. It came out just at the end of high school for us. That's right. Yeah. And that was how we kind of. So you'd flick through all the music channels if you were lucky enough to have Sky yes. TV, your yes. cable TV. My mum worked for Sky, that's how I had it. Yeah. and We we spent years and years without it, and then we eventually wore the parents down eventually. When my mum left Sky, I had to come to your house and watch it. I think I might have just had it by that point yeah. in time as well. And. Uh, you would flick through all the what were well, the rubbish pop channels at yeah. the time. Mm. Pausing briefly for MTV two. Pausing briefly for MTV two. Be- because Zane Lowe was back on Zane the couch. Zane Lowe there. on the couch. Yeah. With Gonzo. The, Gonzo. I thought yeah. his name was Gonzo for so many years. So bad. <laughs> like I didn't realise he had a name. Yeah. Zane Lowe has introduced me to like some of the most important music in my life. Yeah. But he was on MTV two playing like this kind of stuff for a while. Yeah, for sure. And like I love that. Like he was he was more playing like Incubus and, yes Ooh, Incubus yeah, yeah. But again round, like this sort of music that we're talking about now kind of let us get into more of the complex stuff and really start thinking about yeah. what we actually enjoyed yeah. whereas but like which is the, how I ended up somehow in like post-rock and the kind of art rock scene in Glasgow yeah, yeah you had a techie of, metal band for a bit as well I played metal for a bit I wasn't good at drumming metal but I tried I did good yeah. I enjoyed it yeah. What was that band called? Icarus Fallen Flight. That's right. They were good. Um, I you will it. not find anything online about them. Um, it's a good name though for a techie metal band. Uh, yeah, it was good actually. We had a we kind of rotated. A, we started out with a certain guy, and then we switched because he wasn't feeling that exact type of metal. He he wanted to listen to black metal and doom metal, and we were like, right, "But we want to do like melodic tech metal." He was like, "Oh, that's not what I listen to because they're so different." Yeah, and, <laughs> and he like my, my shirt's actually a slighter, a lighter, fa- tra- a lighter tone of black <laughs> yeah, than yours. Exactly. Uh, that's uh, yeah. That's how it goes. Yeah, and, uh, we're both sitting here in black jeans and black t-shirts. Yeah, because we, we've not we, grown up. we don't grow up. No, and then I think we brought a producer, like a guy. I say a producer. He was our friend. But he was also a very talented producer, and he produced our music. So everyone was like, "Man, you guys are tight!" And it's yeah. like, actually, we're not, but we have a really good producer. Yeah, yeah. And then you play live, and you have to like really get it bang on. But and we lost the battle of the bands horribly. <laughs> <laughs> the battle of the bands, by the way, in this situation would not be one of your your glamorous like high school teenage movies in America. Battle yeah. of the bands, right? Yeah. So the thing is, I've I've played. That kind. Oh really? With more recent bands, like I've, oh, because they're actual proper bands that have proper gigs. Yes. yes. So I've played like venues to over a thousand people in Battle of the Bands. Tim does very cool. well these days, by the way. It's it was very incredible to watch him come up yeah. from our, from my garage into <laughs> playing yeah. in thousands of people. Yeah, that was a good year. Um, but then so this Battle of the Bands with Icarus Fallen Flight was in a town hall. A town hall? Uh, Or or like a. It was Howden Park Centre. Oh, Howden Park Centre. Yeah, yeah. so in the the little town that we grew up in. Um, And it was seated, and everyone's parents were there, and every other band was like accessible indie, like playing covers of stuff that all the parents were enjoying. Then we rock up and play like a hardcore metal cover of Depeche Mode. And then play like a hardcore <laughs> metal song of her own, and there was not even applause. It was awful. <laughs> Did you say thank you, good night, and walk off stage? I, I didn't. Sm- people couldn't even tell I was there. The smoke machine was going so well. it's like <laughs> Smoke machine. <laughs> That's how bad it was. But, but uh, that, yeah. like Gonzo, yeah. Zayn, Lil, you'd pause on MTV too, of course, and then you'd work your way through everything. I think it was VH1 after that. Yes. And then you'd work your way through another five or six channels. Yep. And then you would get to Kerrang. Yes. And then on Kerrang, there might be a song that you like. Yep. Because at that point in time you would text in the bat the oh, music yeah. that you wanted to watch yep. and listen to. And at that point in time, rich metalheads ran the scene. Yep. So there was just loads That's of metal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was loads of metal. And then every now and again, you'd get Blink one eighty two. Yep. Or you'd get your Tarry's or American Hive yeah. and you'd just absolutely crave it. Because you couldn't afford to go out and buy all the albums. No. Like I was saying. But just like, yeah. So you'd get the State and then you'd like wait years for take off your pants and jacket and then. Which wasn't even very good, but I, still we always to It like Girl about. at the Rock show and stuff. Like, yeah, it's funny. The singles were great, but it wasn't. The the lyrics. It's not their crowning achievement. It's the, I think it's more. They wrote the whole album in two weeks. Yeah, okay. But, like, yeah, it wasn't wasn't fantastic. But, no. like, Dude Ranch with damn Like, going back the way and yep. going Dude Ranch and then this Cheshire Cat, when Cheshire you finally Cat got isn't... Cheshire Cat. Awesome. Start like, to finish. Carousel is yes. a tune. It is, like, the classic. If somebody... If I'm in someone's house and Carousel comes on, I'm like... Banger. Yeah, you're fine. Like, you've got it. Yeah. You know... You you know how life works. Yeah. And it's not being cool. <laughs> That's fine.
0: <laughs> um... The last track on the playlist sticks, uh, so yeah, released in '98, <laughs> uh, is Less Than Jake. Scott Farkas takes it on the chin. And this is from Less Than Jake's album Hello Rockview, which came out on the 6th of
1: October, 1998. Was that not a double album as well? Might have been. They released. Yeah! Loser or something, possibly. Losing Streak. Losing Streak yes I um, didn't even have to look that up I well just remembered done. that yeah he actually he's not looked it up he's telling the truth um, so Scott Farkas takes it on the chin so it was the album after this Borders and Boundaries that Lice Jake released that really got me into Lesson Jake and I literally played that CD until it was too scratched to keep playing it yeah um, and for most people the track is uh, All My Best Friends Are Metalheads that's right Yeah, that was again the one that you see on Kerrang yep, they had that the live the one tour one yeah. yeah they had the Dancing Man yeah yeah, they had all Typical that. Typical ska. Like, just oh, like yeah. someone who came on and just danced and got the, the crowd hyped up. Yeah. yeah, and there's all the trombones going and it's super happy. And my mum was like, oh, you can listen to this music because it's happy until she sees them on TV. And, yeah, and of goes, course. These people look like drug addicts. Stop listening to them. They're talking about being drug addicts. Stop <laughs> listening to them. <laughs> that too. Um, but Scott Farkas takes it on the chin was like, for me, that was the
0: song from that album. And it's always the song that if I'm putting it on playlists, it's the one I come back to because I'm like, just that song it's so happy like it sounds so happy but the lyrics are just hitting that like slightly melancholy ska feel it's great less than jake still tour but i think they're like they're fun but they're also dirty old men at the same time now i think it's It's a mix of the both
1: it's interesting so they're doing a a joint headline show in glasgow i think in november with real big fish (laughs) i've seen them they're superb super suburban legends okay and there's another band that I can't remember off the top of my head now but there's I want to say Goldfinger but I don't think it's Goldfinger <laughs> um, but they're doing a because what, what would happen is everyone would go to every time Les and Jake roll through Glasgow yeah. every time Real Big Fish roll through Glasgow mm-hmm. everyone who ever listened to Less and Jake and Real Big Fish they would just go and they for some reason they still gather a lot of the really young crowd like 50, yeah, like I kids don't. rolling up to 13 and 15 still listen to them I don't understand how that works. Like, but it's the old stuff, it's not the new stuff.
0: Yeah. It's crazy. And I don't know how this happened, but I somehow never saw Less Than Jade Live. Somehow managed
1: to miss them. Here it is, Real Big Fish, uh Suburban Legends. Zebrahead. Zebrahead. <laughs> That's oh, that was who it was. That might tempt me in. Oh, they've written some hilarious stuff. Only 20 S- oh, Zebrahead are fantastic. They are. I do really... I, every time... I always swear I'll never go to another Real Big Fish gig, Suburban Legend, Zebrahead, Head, lesson Jake. Like, I'll never go. I'll do the same thing. See you there, yeah. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. See you there. It's, but it's like, every time you go, you just have a fantastic time. But mm-hmm. they are... I mean, they're, they're 10 years our senior. Yeah. And yeah. they were doing this when they were 20. Yeah. And the good on them been doing it for like 20 plus years 30 years absolutely and still drawing in a crowd still releasing tracks and trying new things out and um less jake in particular when they went through i'm trying to remember the name of the album but they went through a bit of a a bit of a radio friendly period with anthem that's what it was and they a lot of their radio stuff got edited down like the the brass section got taken out a lot that's, of their stuff.
0: That's not great. I didn't know this.
1: No, but, like, the, the album had it on. But the yeah. radio edits, like, lost a lot of the brass. Man, that's what set them apart. I know, but nobody was listening to ska. True. I mean, arguably, people still don't listen to ska. But <laughs> that's the truth. <tip. laughs> <laughs> um, but, no, like, less and Jake are... They're a quintessential party band. Yes. Right? That's what it, it felt like. You listen to them and it's a party. Yeah. And, like, they're... They're more like people like Real Big Fish, but Real Big Fish were a little bit more silly, yeah, like kind of like your aquabats of the next generation, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah that makes sense.
1: And but less than Jake, just amazing bass lines, roaring guitar rifts, like it just the, the, the that kind of thing of the time when you had two singers as well yes and you knew that there wasn't just a backing vocals they swapped yeah. songs like blink 182 did that yeah uh alkaline trio did that yeah um i'm probably thinking probably were loads of other ones that i can't remember off the top of my head but that was that kind of like i always wanted that band yeah i always wanted two singers and i always kind of wanted that call and response sort of thing yeah i um, mean um, they're just brilliant. it's funny because that's that's a big big part of the kind of bands we were listening to, like you don't I don't see that as much now I suppose. No. But that kind of they're playing songs that are so rough when you hear them live. Yeah. They're not hitting the notes. No. Nope. Nobody cares. Like, it's great. Yeah. And there's two singers, neither of whom can hit the notes to be quite honest. No, but you're singing it back so loud at them that you're not even hearing them. It's exactly. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So for this episode I was gonna ask you to add one track to the playlist. One track for this one. What's your track? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to go Newfound Glory. Yeah. Now, I, I hummed yes. and hard about whether I was going to go Newfound Glory or Motion City Soundtrack. And I was surprised from you that it wasn't Motion City Soundtrack, because I know you're a huge fan. It's, you're wearing a Motion City Soundtrack t-shirt. I'm yeah. wearing a t-shirt that you can no longer get. Yep. Like They did it for one tour, and I've worn nice. this most days. When <laughs> I, that yeah. So I thought I'd split the difference, I'd go Newfound Glory. Yeah. And I'd I'd wear a Motion City Soundtrack t-shirt If I was gonna go Motion City Soundtrack I would've gone uh, My favourite accident Which is a cover We played When I was playing synth with you That's right And we didn't nail it at all Because it's such a Complicated song We we did okay We did okay It wasn't It wasn't Justin Courtney Pierre worthy It was not No But Yeah yeah. It was good Interestingly If you're Motion City Soundtrack Are broken up now Yeah I went to their last show One of their Their last tour Yeah that was great, and uh, but Justin Courtney Pierre is bringing out a new album in mm. October, Which and it's very much long, not the same sort of lines, but it's kind of down his journey and his path, and it sounds very good. It's called called In the Drink, as as on pre-release. Isn't it? I think it might be on pre-release. It's coming out in October, right? Okay, okay, cool. I'm gonna add that. Just yeah, so that I'm gonna yeah. But the Moshi soundtrack kind of. They molded me in my musical taste, and they, yeah. they they kind of molded the way that I played music for a long time as well. Yeah. Like I was, I was in bands with and without Tim for up until I was, God, twenty five, yeah. and then career kind of got in the way. Yeah. But in the my last big band at the Sword Fight, like we we aimed to great be- name by the way, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <You're> absolutely, <laughs> <Phil's> monger. <laughs> um We had a lot of good names, but badly dubbed as the band before. Yes, yeah yeah that, yeah, yeah. that came off of a show that was on. TV after which was a comedy slash uh adult show called Badly Dubbed Porn. <laughs> Porn. And so we just took the first so we were trying to come up with a band name we couldn't go out and this was just, just on TV in the background oh, at a party wow. in the background. I'm yeah, doing air quotes here. Yeah, yeah. And uh I was just like, what about badly dubbed? And they were like, Oh, it's brilliant. Oh it's fantastic. Oh that's great, let's go with badly dubbed. Yeah. And then at the sword fight was a terrible, terrible thing. <laughs> but like we played a lot. No, but like... Motion City soundtrack kind of molded a lot of Justin in particular molded a lot of like my lyric yeah. writing, how I When play I hear Motion City soundtrack, it's you that I think of. Yeah. It's the music that you've written. I'm always like, yeah yeah, that's it matches up. Like yeah. what you're saying totally makes sense there. Yeah, and it just like but I couldn't give that song for now. Because I didn't really get into Motion City until I was in my early twenties, like yeah. I was listening to them, but I didn't really get it. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not fitting on what we've just talked about. No. So, so when you found glory, what's your track? And I had to go off the album "Sticks and Stones." Okay, yeah. Oh, I remember when that came out in high school. Yeah, and like everyone talked about "Sticks and Stones," and like understatement was the the big like the well one of the big singles off. That. I think I think the the trap. I think the album might have even started with understatement, which was like because it's got that yeah, which is brilliant it's such a great way to start an album I think that's what it starts with it's but track one or two anyway yeah, it's, it's so oh. so good but the reason I went Newfound Glory was because they were yeah it's understatement it started with that yeah. nice um, they were a band that again screamed the genre at the time mm-hmm. but they're also a band that's still going Yeah, and they still they do so much work for the alternative scene. Yeah, I saw them about two years ago. Actually, oh, I saw them. Absolutely tremendous. They were supporting a day to remember. Oh no, I saw them. They they were headlining their own tour. Cool. So I saw them at the Hydro, so like the biggest venue, without going stadium big, the biggest venue in Scotland. Scotland. Yeah, tremendous. They absolutely owned it, and it was funny because I showed up a touch late because my friends were all like, "Oh, we're here for a day to remember," and I was like but Newfound Glory are supporting. Yeah. So we, we came in just as their set had already started and everyone kind of stood at the side and I was like, no, guys, no. No. <laughs> I need to be in for this. This it's is Newfound Glory, my very first standing gig. Really? Where was that? Uh, at the Barrowlands. Oh, of course. Oh! Supported by the starting line, who it's kind of surprising that they've not made this playlist. Yeah. Oh, what a gig that was. I remember being like, because I was 14 maybe, this yeah. my first standing gig and it's a, like the best i think the best venue in Scotland's the Barrowlands and um, then they come on and the crowd goes mental the whole crowd is jumping i'm not a big 14 year old and I'm you're not a big 30 year old either mm, yeah (laughs) (laughs) but uh, at least like I've got the the kind of weight of marriage on me so so when everyone jumps I'm not just knocked over Uh, but everyone jumped and I'm this like tiny little 14 year old just like and I ended up two songs just like sitting at the edge for a minute just like composing myself and then getting back (laughs) in (laughs) oh brilliant so what is your new thing glory track one are you picking I had to go so I had to go one of the singles okay Um, I think I know what's coming then and I wasn't I didn't want to be as obvious as My Friends Over You, mm-hmm. but I had to, like, every every track on Sticks and Stones is, if if I may quote Some 41's album, all killer, no filler. True, true. And uh, I had to go uh, Head On Collision. Fantastic track. Absolutely fantastic. When did Sticks and Stones come out? Sticks and Stones came out in 2002 yeah. after, two years after their self-titled Newfound Glory which had Hit or Miss on it which was my favourite song yeah. for about a year in high school which is brilliant, it's a brilliant track but yeah. I came to Newfound Glory through Sticks and Stones okay. like they had I came to them after I heard My Friends Over You on mm-hmm. Kerrang Okay, and went out and got the did I get the album? No, I borrowed it again and then I bought it myself later from on from me as far as I remember I think it might have been from Chris Kohler
0: Oh, that would make sense. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because I definitely lent that to somebody in the group because I bought it day release because I was a big fan of their self-titled. Yeah. Because
1: Hit and Miss was like my favorite song. And then it came out and I had I knew it was coming out. Mm. So I had saved up my pocket money. Of course. And I went out on the day release and I bought it. And it was a UK version, right? Yes. And I listened to that a lot and then lent it to, so if it wasn't you, it was possibly Woody or Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But the reason you have to go head-on collision for the track is it's got that line uh, at an all-time low, right? Mm. Which inspired the name for the band All Time Low. Who are kind of carrying the torch a little bit for this genre nowadays. Even though the Newfound Glory is still about when doing that, but they are pretty much carrying the torch. Yeah. And then there's also the story so far on that. Not on that al- not on that track, but on that album. The on story th- so far, and there was an acoustic version of a story so far on that album. Am I right? Yes. I'm not looking this up. I'm just guessing. Uh, so hope that. Was that the acoustic one? No, it was the real one. It was the like the acoustic, the non-acoustic. Okay, cool. I'm sure I maybe got the bonus edition. I'm sure I've heard Maybe ac- there was yeah. because I remember listening to that with our friend Kirsty. Oh yeah. Um. Just like one Friday afternoon, because we got half days at school on Friday, and one did, Friday yeah. afternoon, sitting with a little speaker and a little Walkman, just listening to that, like in the street outside our house. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, oh it's so cool. But they—they they are good a band. Choice, yeah, they are a band that like, they have tours and t-shirts that say "Pop Punk's Not Dead." Yeah. And you—you can't have a a list like this and not shout out to them.
0: I think that's a very good call. And I'm glad you put that on. Yeah. You're nice. welcome. So our playlist for this. Special punk episode is the Atari's San Dimas High School Football Rules, American Hi-Fi, I'm a Fool, Lit, My own worst enemy, my own worst enemy, (laughs) Uh, Blink-182, Wasting Time, Less Than Jake, Scott Farkas Takes It on the Chin, and Newfound Glory. Head-on collision.
1: Nope, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, head-on collision. Head-on collision, yes. I always get mixed up with something I call personality. Which is either side of that on album, isn't it? It's, it's just, a, just before it. Just before it, yeah. Well <laughs> this is it. how well we know these albums. Yeah, but I, I, I keep thinking, what information could I have in my brain if I didn't have all the lyrics for Sticks and Stones in my head?
0: And Catalyst. True, actually. I have all the lyrics for all of these songs in my head. <laughs> and it's possibly why I'm not actually that good at my job. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, what are you going to do? Um, I've made my choices. Great. Um... I think we're gonna call it at that. So, cheers, Tim.
1: No worries. Thanks, Tim. Nice.
0: Until next punk episode, toodles.